0: Good morning, you guys. It is Baron and Amanda with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. And our big sponsor for today is Odd Pizza. Mike is absolutely amazing. He has been with us since the very beginning and making it possible for us to bring you guys these stories and messages. So make sure you go show him some love with this heat. Don't even bother cooking. Just go get yourself a pizza and some yummy, yummy poppers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there's now three beer options, right? Yep, and three you've got three beer, beer, beer options. options. Yep. Yeah. Blueberry so there we go. Hefeweizen, that's the new one.
0: That's right, that's the, right. You
1: remember the name of it? It's called Kablooey.
0: Kablooey, yes.
1: <laughs> that sounds just like
0: a fun name. I know,
1: <laughs> I love I know. it. And it's a little crowded in here today.
0: It is. We have some guests. Why don't you go ahead and introduce them?
1: Well, the first guest, uh, I just, I feel really fortunate that I was able to tell Nolan's, I told Nolan's story, It anyone goes back, it was actually podcast number 30. I love that you have that podcast number. (laughs) (laughs) We did that on September the 12th. But then Nolan was in Costa Rica, Mm -hmm. and he called in on podcast number 92. Okay, that's right. Which was in April, but Nolan's with us today. Live (laughs) in studio. But not just Nolan. His mom's here too. Yes. So, hi, hi, guys. Hi, Baron. How are you doing? Good to be here again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, shall we do a a quick little recap from last week? Sure. Do you remember last week?
0: You do this to me every single time.
1: <laughs> One of these times I'll be prepared. <laughs> we had Mary Clark in here last week.
0: Oh yes, yes, yep. yes.
1: And we talked shame about, on me uh, for forgetting <laughs> for Clark. You forgot Bear Clark. <laughs> no, I didn't forget it. I'm
0: sorry. No. Well, no.
1: do you remember her talking about the Andon cord? We had that discussion. With yes, the Andon
0: cord. that's right. Yep.
1: So, what do you remember about the Andon cord? Okay,
0: so well, it, it, you're
1: back in school, and I'm quizzing. Right,
0: you. gosh, <laughs> I graduated, Baron. Leave me alone. Um, so it was like a an assembly line at like a manufactured for like a car place, uh-huh. and it basically they had like a safety pole. So if something was wrong or they saw something that wasn't safe or happening, um, they could pull that, and it would completely stop the assembly line. Correct.
1: Right. right. Yeah.
0: And so I thought our point of view, it seemed like that was a pretty, I feel like it became a more of a safer place, um, and it made all of the employees feel like they all played a big, big part in what was going on. Right. And I feel like that maybe made them more invested also in what they were doing, yeah. um, because it relied on all of them.
1: Yeah, and we were tying this in to how we as a nation can react to health care coming out of COVID. Correct. Which what I find really intriguing, especially with Mayor Clark's perspective, but the manufacturing plant was Toyota. Mm-hmm. It was in Japan. And they, they they literally had a core that went through the entire plant. And they gave every single employee the power to shut down a multi-million dollar operation. Wow. Which is pretty powerful. I, yeah. I'm looking at the look on Linda's face like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you, that's that's a lot of trust in your employees that it, you're saying, if you see something that's not safe or not efficient, pull the core. But the mm-hmm. whole operation shuts down.
0: I And I think that says a lot on the owner, too. It shows that... They're not just in it for the money, but the safety to make sure everything is running correctly and smoothly.
1: Well, what I found intriguing was that in the early 80s, there was a plant in Fremont, California, that put that into place. So it wasn't just this Japanese theory that we did in the United States. Totally changed the morale and the efficiency of that plant. Mm -hmm. So we were just saying that for the longest time, it was the executives of the insurance companies. It was the doctors that were making decisions about our health care and that we really do need an and-on-cord philosophy, that maybe it's the orderly, maybe it's the person in the ambulance, maybe mm-hmm. it's the patient that actually has some say in our healthcare system.
2: Right. Or the parent.
1: Or the parent. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken from the parent. <laughs> Which we're going to get a lot more into that as we progress. The other updates I want to give you was two events that occurred last Saturday that were so powerful for us as an organization okay so while our show was airing last week we were doing our go team event for graceland
0: oh yes at the little best little roadhouse yeah okay
1: so we did a miniature golf tournament for a mini yeah <laughs> so graceland's three she has the same cancer that nolan had and we'll get more to that as the show goes along but we had like 50 people show oh, up wow. And it was just so fun to see these little three-, four-, five-year-olds just play miniature <laughs> golf, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
1: And uh, Graceland's dad is a police officer with the Kaiser Police Department. So he was actually on duty. His, his commanding officer knew that what he was doing, but he was playing miniature golf in his Kaiser policeman's uniform. <laughs> was,
0: I love that even daughter. more. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: And then we left there and started our quarter three go-team a little early. hmm um, Josh. Yep. Yep.
0: The motorcycle, right? right. Newport to Boston.
1: That's motorcycle his goal. Right. Yep. Okay. So, so Josh is in his early forties and he found that he has a, a fast growing and aggressive tumor inside of his colon that has now left and has gotten into his kidney. Okay. The doctors said the chemo will not get rid of the tumor. It will just slow down its progression. So, basically, you're going to be on chemo the rest of your life. And he goes, ah, I don't really like how I feel from chemo. So, he's weighing what he's going to do. But one of his bucket list items was to ride a motorcycle from Newport to Boston. Yes. And we printed the map out. Yep. Because as we start quarter three is when he's going to start this ride. He's going to start the ride about the middle of the last part of June. So, quarter three will be his ride and kicking cancer is just going to help Get the word out. Hey, if you're in this town, as Josh comes by, show Josh support, right?
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: We raised almost $7,000 for
0: No way. That's amazing. Good job. Congratulations.
1: And one of the really, well, first off, I get there to support, and they said, oh, by the way, uh, we got a lot of stuff. We're going to do an auction, and you're the auctioneer. <laughs> uh, Good I choice. No, yeah. that's
0: <laughs> you were perfect for the job. I'm yeah. sure. I well, think so too. And, right.
1: And then all of these vendors—it was at honky tonks, barn girl. So all these alcohol vendors donated their big light up signs. Oh,
0: oh. that's
1: cool. So if anyone is a Coors Light fan, they mm-hmm. had their 150 year anniversary sign. Oh, went for 750. Oh wow, that's really right. cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's so that was a lot of fun. That, that is. That was a lot
0: of fun. I'm glad that we, both of them were a huge success.
1: Huge success. Almost $1,000 in a miniature golf tournament. Yeah. <laughs> like $10 to play. Yeah. <laughs> and almost $1,000 for Graceland and then another $7,000 for Josh. So That's yeah. awesome. Sorry, it was a good day.
0: Yeah. Good to, day. to say yeah. the very least.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. So there's our little others. recap. Okay. Well, as as we always do our recipe, I handed the book to Nolan. hmm <laughs> So we're going to go we're going to do a little flashback. This is actually what we've done, but by popular demand. <laughs> yes.
0: It was a good one.
1: It was a good one. It sounds good. So Nolan had a chance to just scroll through this and he picked the Paradise Island smoothie. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Why'd you
1: pick that? So what why was your reasoning for picking that one, Nolan?
3: I'm definitely geared towards finding the fresh fruit smoothie blends these days like every it's just a staple of every meal at this point because so
1: <laughs> well, and for the listeners that missed the podcast, you're home from where?
3: Costa Rica. So
1: the Paradise Island might have a little yeah. bit of a- <laughs> oh, I see what you <laughs> did There's there. a connection in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I think I think you still have the picture of this one? Yes, I do. So this one's two cups of plant-based milk. Then you So got like
0: almond milk?
3: Almond or-
1: milk, uh, coconut milk. Coconut mm-hmm. milk would make it even more of a... Oh, yes, it Okay. Yeah. Uh, a frozen banana.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: A half a cup of the frozen mango chunks, mm. a half a cup of the frozen pineapple chunks, I love and a pineapple. teaspoon of vanilla.
0: Okay. Go home and They're make delicious. That. Yeah. that sounds And great. it's
1: simple. You just put all of it in a blender. You blend it for about one or two minutes, and you serve it.
0: Mm. Yum. I bet even a little bit of mint would be good in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a little twist.
1: And, and I'm sure that if you uh, check with Nolan, he'd give you some other really fun things tropically to put inside there, too. Okay.
3: There are fruits I've never even heard of down there that I'm still
1: <laughs> discovering, like
3: star fruit, dragon fruit, passion fruit. I mean, it's just I've just actually had star fruit. Star really good. They are good, actually. Yeah. Like, Not
1: common, but good. Yeah.
3: And so. they are exactly what they sound like.
1: Stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just i thrilled these guys are here because I told Nolan's story and no one called in, but we can, I wanted to weigh a little more heavily with them here. Uh, but, like, you always like me to bring something a little bit shocking. Oh, yes. Mm. Shock- yes, okay. yes. Shocking well, the shocking data is going to weigh in a lot into what we've got. But if I go back to my article from the National Institute of Health, which is cancer in children and adolescents, early on in that article it says in 2018 it is estimated that 15,590 children and adolescents, which is 0 to 19, will be diagnosed with cancer that Jeez. year. And then specifically, uh, the most common cancers are leukemia, and ALL is the most common of the leukemias. Okay. Um, in the 70s, this is the part that's going to really weigh into the story. Mm-hmm. In the mid-70s, 58% of children diagnosed with cancer survived past five years.
0: Wow. Okay. 58%. It doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, it does, but it doesn't.
1: Just over half, if you were diagnosed Man, you with got childhood 50, 50. cancer, mm-hmm. you had about 50% of, of So, now
0: those are really low.
1: Then, in, by 2014, it had gone up to 83% okay. children.
0: Okay, wow. that's a good mm-hmm. jump.
1: So, the survival rate was a lot better. Yeah. Um, survival rates remain very low for some cancers and for mm-hmm. some age groups. Specifically, half of the children diagnosed with diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, which is the one that Ozzy has, right. Survive less than a year, but Ozzy has passed that year mark. Yes, he has, right. Right. Yeah. and he Ozzy. is thriving right now. But I wanted to give you a little more recent data. Okay. So in 2023, oh, wow. wow. Very recent. Okay. <laughs> a little more recent. <laughs> Just a little. One in 100,000 worldwide are expected to be diagnosed with ll Okay. Jeez. One in 100,000 worldwide. In the US, this year, they are predicting. 6,540 new cases Jeez. of LL. Mm-hmm. And the, the other one was all childhood cancers. Okay.
0: Right, so okay, this so is, about 6,500.
1: Yeah, 6,500 new cases of LL, uh, 1,390 pass away. So about 1,400 of those will pass away. Um, it is now the highest risk less than five years. So the risk factor has gone down tremendously mm-hmm. in that under... Mm-hmm. Okay. Mark. What I did find intriguing, and mm-hmm. I know Lynn and I were talking about this right before I started recording, the survival rate currently for ALL is 68.8% for all age groups.
0: For all age groups.
1: Except By, yeah. except 90% survival for kids. Really? And 30% survival for adults.
0: Hmm. okay.
1: Which is how you get the sixty-eight percent, right? Right.
0: Okay. Yeah, Except, yeah.
1: Linda, you were telling me a little bit ago. So, why is it that kids survive LL so much more than adults?
2: It's interesting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's almost, a big gap. It is huge gap.
2: The way uh, it was explained to us was that so it's a leukemia is a cancer in the blood, and our bone marrow makes the blood, so it's. When you're a child, your cells are rapidly being made and rapidly dividing and growing, and uh, it's a good time for chemotherapy or whatever treatment you're having to get into that bone marrow, get into your blood system, and stop those unhealthy cells from doubling, tripling, on and on. In an adult, their cells are not dividing as quickly. They're not being made as quickly, There's not the opportunity to really get in there and stop the multiplication of the leukemic cells to go. It's like, it's almost like a a different being. So when Nolan was diagnosed and they said, Oh, well, uh, you're so lucky you got ALL. (laughs) What? And they said, Because it was one of the most treatable childhood cancers so then of course I did research and found out that in adults it was much different.
1: interesting that you just said that because when we were at this little miniature golf tournament, Grayson's mom is a teacher of McNary so I haven't oh. visited with her until Saturday. Mm-hmm. Megan comes in and we're talking about the fact that grayson has got that and she says, yeah we, we tell our friends that she <laughs> has Childhood cancer, but it's the best kind of out. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which seems weird to even say so that. You have to find the
2: silver lining. I, mm-hmm. it, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a weird feeling because you're like, oh, good. And right. And five minutes after you're thinking, no, you made the wrong diagnosis, but okay, if it's the best one, we'll take it. It's right. It's an odd feeling.
1: Well, and I know that on Saturday I had sent you a text about coming and saying hi, but there was something going on in your family on Saturday, right? Yeah. What was going on Saturday?
2: We celebrated Nolan's 30th birthday. Oh. <laughs> woo Happy late birthday. Let Thank me tell you. you, we there were times we didn't know if we'd have a 30th birthday. Right. Every birthday is a huge celebration. Absolutely. So can no. I take
1: you back 27 years ago? Oh, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He was three when he was diagnosed.
2: Two and a half, actually. Two, and a, two and a half. Mm-hmm.
1: And I won't ask Nolan these questions because he probably doesn't remember. <laughs> no, not, not well. No. What, what was the first thought that went through your mind? when? Well, actually, what was the clue? What was the clue for you that something oh. was wrong? What was the clue that something yeah, was wrong?
2: Yeah, I get asked that a lot. I get asked that a lot, and then I'm afraid to say. But um, so I was very pregnant, and the baby was due any day, and Nolan just kept, limping and saying hold me pick me up i don't want to walk you know which was really weird because this super active kid and did not want to be held most (laughs) of the time and we thought it was you know the new baby acting out situation and you know he just Mm -hmm. wants our attention blah 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 but uh he was at school, at preschool, and he was limping around at preschool, so I thought, oh, well, I'm not there at preschool, so maybe his teacher, but uh, we were all, the so the baby was born, his brother Alec, and two weeks, uh, Alec was two weeks old, and we were all dancing around the living room, listening to music, and Nolan just fell down, and he never got up, and so had a fever. We went to bed that night, and I could feel his legs were on fire, just like his legs, but his arms weren't hot. He didn't really have a regular fever, so I knew something was really strange, and we went to the doctor the next day, and oh boy, I could tell by the look on her face, something was bad. I knew something was bad, and uh, so she said, We might need to admit him to Salem Hospital, and maybe he might need some IV antibiotics for a bone infection. I was like, not a bone infection? And, you know, oh, I would have been lucky for it to be that. But that night, uh, his regular pediatrician called and said he has leukemia. And you have to be at Dornbecker's first thing in the morning, pack your suitcases, you're going to be at there a while.
1: At that you're thinking if it had only been a bone infection, exactly, right?
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. exactly. It was unheard of. And I always tell a story, I walk in, and they tell you go to the 10th floor, which is like the pediatric oncology. Nobody wants to go to that floor, but you go up there, and we open the door, and these families in there with children with no hair. And I thought, I closed the door again. <laughs> I thought, oh, we're in the wrong place. That's <laughs> what I kept thinking we don't belong here. Because, you know, you do hear that that's what happens to other people. That's mm-hmm. what happens to other families. So can't be us. And it was. And that was the beginning of a very long road.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You said something a minute ago, and, I, Amanda, you might remember. you remember how Brenda found that she had her cancer? Remember what that machine was called? Oh,
2: uh,
0: I, I do not.
1: It's called a thermography machine. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there's Heat? a machine. There's yeah. a machine that this doctor in Southern California was getting funding for, uh-huh. and Brenda's husband was helping find the funding for this machine. Uh-huh. So he's doing research about cancer for the machine. Brenda had found this video called "The Truth About Cancer" that she thought, well, maybe maybe someone in my life would need this information. So she's watching this video. Wow. And they went and you sit in this machine and it puts cold air on you mm-hmm. to detect hot spots because right. cancerous cells are hotter. So you said Nolan's legs were on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Just his legs. Yes they were. Because the cancerous right. cells are hotter.
2: Well, right. And the, the cancer cells were in the femur, the biggest bone in your leg. And so that's why it was so hot and just burning up in there, and that's why his legs hurt and he couldn't walk. And it's also in your pelvis, so his pelvic bones hurt as well. And that is really interesting because I I tell... after I shared that story, unfortunately, that scared a lot of parents because if their kids said their leg hurt, mm. you know, it, it freaked them out because of our story. But it's normal for kids' legs to hurt. They grow. Mm-hmm. They're, they fall. They do all kinds of things. So it's really normal. What's not normal is that they stop moving and that their legs are hot. Right. So Right. Um, I just want anybody listening to, to know that 'cause here's the display <laughs> we a little place. Right. <laughs> I don't want to frighten anyone. So So this is
1: about three years old.
2: So yeah, he was about two and a half exactly.
1: He's Nolan, t- do you have any memory at all of that time frame?
2: <laughs> Come
1: on, little, dig deep. Little, <laughs> little snippets. Little tiny snippets.
3: <clears throat> Mostly in like uh, the like admission room or uh, the I V room where they hook you up or um uh, Sometimes just like, I guess you'd call it a playroom, I don't know, a lobby or something. Just little little glimpses. Because um, you were
1: like four, five, six years old, right?
3: By five, I should I have been have... normalizing, I think, a little bit. Um, okay. And no, I'm not even sure I really knew what was going on, honestly. Right. Like um, Nothing to compare it to. I was so young, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, like, I think I've used this story before, but uh, one of my favorite ones is asking my mom when my brother was going to start coming to Dornbecker with me Mm -hmm. because I I saw there were kids around. That's where I went all the time, you know, and that's how things were. So it was, you know, I guess my interpretation of a daycare or something, and I just thought that's where kids went when they got to a certain age, he'd come join me. You know, so I think that has something to do with the survival rate too with kids also is like not only are they, you know, Brave, but they almost don't even have a concept of fear yet.
1: Right. You know, Mm -hmm.
3: let's just, um, so be it. Here we go. Um, It's it's
1: funny you describe it that way because when when the show airs on Saturday, I always go back and listen so that I can send Amanda a title for the podcast. Mm. So the title for your (laughs) podcast, when you called in, is just Where Kids Go. That's right. That's right. Because that's what you said. You said that's that's where kids go. Yeah. Right.
2: You also asked, Nolan had a catheter in his chest, a port cath, because uh, so many needles in and out, and so that's access for blood and administration. <laughs> he would look at his little brother and say, "When, when's Alec going to get his pork put in?" And
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's sad, but how, how much know. age
1: difference between Nolan and Alec? Two, two and a half, half years two exactly. F- years. Yeah. Wow.
2: So. So
1: what, what? What was the hardest part of that? you know, that phase, those younger years with, with Nolan. Because there's part I, two of this story. There <laughs> is, there yeah.
2: is. Uh, un- Unfortunately.
1: Part, well, part
2: one, so you 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 have to acclimate quickly. You don't have a choice because y- you just go, and it's time. And he's going to get his catheter in tomorrow, and then we're going to put the chemo in right away. And you haven't had any really time to process it. But so... His treatment cons- uh, consisted of three phases. So the first one is induction, and miraculously, they can get a child into remission within 30 days. Wow. It's, it's quite amazing. And then based on that child's response, the first 30 days uh, when they go into remission, then they schedule the rest of the treatment. So for boys, it's a three-year process, and for girls, two years. And the reason for that is that um, there are sanctuary sites for chemo for leukemia cells to hide out. They're in the central nervous system and in the testicles. So boys have a longer treatment. Okay.
0: Which plays so, into
1: part two of the story too. Yes, yeah. Yes.
2: yeah. Ta-da!
1: So a <laughs> little teaser. Teaser. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: so far things weren't so bad. He was actually feeling a little better because the cancer cells were going away. Mm-hmm. so he hadn't really experienced a lot of um, side effects from the treatment so far. Mm-hmm. However, the worst the worst was yet to come, really. We've been warned about the second stage, which is called induction uh, second stage, which is intensification. And it's exactly what it sounds like, very <laughs> intense yeah. Yeah. and that's when the, the big guns came out, the doxorubicin yeah. that you know too much about.
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's talk more about that right okay. in the second part. Yeah.
2: And I was looking back, and I, I was looking back on his treatment, and there were uh, so many drugs, seven, eight, nine, and they were all vicious drugs. And yeah. and this is when
1: he was four, five, six years old?
2: No, he's no. only three.
1: Oh, when he was three years old? Yeah, four? Mm-hmm. we're still in the first stage. Right. Oh remember, the
0: second's God. for the second half.
1: That. Oh, okay. I mean, I so we're
2: in wow. first, first ALL... Uh, second stage of treatment okay so
1: three years old wow
2: and that this is what i have said to you before that I, that was the stage i called hell yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, the side effects hit and they hit hard and that was the absolute worst time for us so
1: so we, we're almost at the break there's mm-hmm. a story i'd love for you to share when we come back from break because i remember you and i are talking about this that that the nurses called you with his numbers yes Mm Yes. When we come back, Rick, I want you to show that story.
0: So we have about a minute and a half left, so I wanted to ask really quick, um,
2: were you scared that your other son, Alec, would get cancer as well? Was that a fear? Very much. That's a good question. That poor kid. Every time he said his leg hurt, we went to the pediatrician. (laughs) And he had blood tests, and <laughs> the the doctor was just understood. Right, he understood yeah. the reasoning for it, and they said it was very unlikely. It's not necessary. It's not a genetic cancer. It, yeah, so it's not. We really didn't have to worry about it, but but still you that do, worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anytime the leg hurts, okay, right, let's go I, pack up yeah, the bags. Exactly, <laughs> I was constantly checking for bruises and yeah. little fatigue and all the symptoms and. Thankfully, all
0: right, it worked out. Well, and
1: and I think part of why this really resonates for Amanda is her son uh-huh. at about the same age was going through not cancer, but a pretty pretty serious big situation.
0: medical thing. Okay. So. That's so, she can young age. relate to what you're talking. About. Yeah, actually, it was a month and a half. He was wow. only a month and a half old.
1: Mm. Oh. A yeah. lot younger. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. Huge shout-out to our sponsor, Odd Mo's Pizza. Please make sure you guys go and support them. They are a huge supporter of ours. And we will be right back after these messages. Stay tuned.